did not cook the weeds on the roadside into soup. The horse had a sort of twirled moustache over its nostrils. Kathleen had never seen that on an animal before, and the cobbler must have thought it peculiar too, or he would not have called the horse Blackbeard. But Kathleen did not want to argue with Ian. She was much too happy about getting a ride for that. The dappled horses trotted merrily onward. Surely it was not more than an hour or so to Wicklow. So Kathleen tried to move the conversation from the horses to more innocuous subjects. She asked about Ian's father, whose business, according to Ian, was going rather badly. Doesn't have any money at the moment, Ian said casually. This surprised Kathleen. Ian's father was a tenant of Lord Weatherby too, but he was in a much better position than the others. Patrick Coltrane was not working off his rent, since he paid it with his income from livestock trading. At least not from cows and sheep, Ian added almost contemptuously. What would they eat anyway? People are digging up the last roots themselves, after all. But you can sell horses, Kathleen wondered. Ian laughed. There are always a few rich gentlemen. In Wicklow and Dublin, some still need a horse, or want one. You just need to make it clear to them that a horse'll make a lord out of a chandler. And in the country, the nags are cheap now. Kathleen wondered just how much these chandlers knew about horses. They might well buy old Blackbeard once Ian made them believe it came from Lord Weatherby's stables. But I won't be staying here long, Ian ultimately revealed to her. Not much money in this country. Enough to live, but if you want a bit more. No, I'm up overseas. I want to make a fortune. Really? Kathleen asked, suddenly interested. Ian was the first she'd heard speak of emigrating out of true excitement rather than pure need. Uh, a friend of mine also talks about that, she said, and I, I... Ian looked at her curiously. You want to as well? Well, that makes you the exception. Most of the girls you talk to about the colonies only tremble in fright. Well, there is the crossing, Ian snorted. The crossing? Fine. It's not going to be cosy, and there won't be much to eat, but compared to what you get to eat here, it would likely be better. Although you seem to me to be eating rather well, sweetheart, you are a lovely maid, and one with such vitality. They rode on for a while in silence. Then Ian looked at Kathleen, who was shaking with cold, with new interest. You cold, sweetheart? he asked, seeming concerned. He produced a blanket and put it around Kathleen's shoulders, pulling her a little closer as he did. Come now, I'll keep you warm. Kathleen was relieved they had just passed the sign for Wicklow. Ian's hand wandered underneath the blanket, across Kathleen's shoulders and toward her neckline. Kathleen pushed away from him. Could you, could you let me down here, please? She asked. Ian laughed. Here, but we're still practically in the wilderness, sweetheart. Indeed, this was a suburb in which cute cottages and gardens lay between small fields. They might still be a mile or two from the town centre, the wharf, and Barney's tavern. My aunt, she lives around here somewhere, Kathleen claimed. Oh, right, the aunt, Ian mocked her. Shouldn't I take you to her door? Kathleen shook her head. No, no thanks, you've done enough. That is, I've had enough. I mean, I've imposed enough on your kindness. I can walk the rest of the way. Thank you very much, Ian. Ian arched his brows and tugged on the reins.
the team stopped at once. If you insist, your wish is my command, and perhaps we'll see each other around. He tipped his cap. Kathleen clambered down from the box, forcing herself to smile at him. Sure, on Sunday in church, if you're ever there. Even if she were going to be back at the village for church, Patrick and Ian Coltrane often spent their weekends at livestock markets. This was the reason Ian likely did not know about her situation with Ralph Trevelyan. Otherwise, he surely would have teased her about it. Ian saluted once more before bringing the horses back to a trot. Kathleen desperately hoped never to see him again. On the horse cart's box, she had been nearly as cold as on foot. Now she had to force herself, quite stiff and exhausted, to put one foot in front of the other. But surely it could not be much farther. Indeed, it was not even completely dark when Kathleen reached High Street.